Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 101 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma, and the University of Texas. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Guys, you've heard me talk about the fact that Kevin is a reasonable fan of the University of Texas, that he is intelligent, thoughtful, forthcoming, stands up for himself when needed, yields ground when appropriate, has unique takes. I value his opinion. In fact, he is one of my dear friends. However, watching a basketball game next to this man at the Lloyd Noble Center when Oklahoma is getting their ass kicked in the last 11 minutes of a, of a game was about one of the worst experiences I've ever had as a sports fan at a live event. This man was excited. He was happy. He was cheering. He was he was basically Rodney Terry sitting right next to me with the histrionics and getting all excited and jumping up and down and cheering for Atmos and Disu and Weaver. By the way, Weaver's a funny-looking dude. All these guys, he's cheering for everybody. And in the meantime, all Oklahoma is doing to have my back is scoring a measly six points in the last 11 minutes of the game. Yes, Porter Moser apologized to me personally yesterday or last night following the game. It's not enough. It was miserable. It was awful. Oklahoma basketball, you let me down. And more importantly, more importantly, you forever changed the way I view my friend Kevin Miller. He's an obnoxious sports fan. It was miserable. I couldn't stand it. I don't ever want to go to another game with them. Thanks a lot, Porter Mosier and Milo Suzon and whoever the hell else is playing for Oklahoma. Y'all were terrible last night, and it, it, it ruined my night. So there you go. Into the podcast, Kevin. Boomer. See you later. Well, I had a great night. Oh, my God. I had a great night. First of all, that was my fourth time at the Lloyd Noble Center. 4-0, by the way. Yeah, 4-0. That's right. Cause, you know why lose. you're 4-0? Because Porter Mosher's 0-6. Against Texas. That's why. But go ahead. I digress. Yeah, it was great, man. It was funny because the way the game started, right? Texas came out hot. And then you guys woke up. And it seemed like you guys were this close to running away with it. Right? Texas was turning the ball over. You guys were getting dunks. Crowd was getting into it. I was getting a little bit nervous. Once it got up to about the 10-minute mark of the second half, it seemed like it was going to be one of those games that came down to the last possession, and then all of a sudden, Texas just ran away with it. So what do you think happened to your Sooners last night? Uh, well, first of all, we were flat. The first seven minutes of the game, we were flat. I, uh, it, for instance, Oklahoma as a team, as a school, has been clamoring for people to attend games at the Lloyd Noble Center, right? For years, the, the the rhetoric has been the reason they're losing, or one of the rhetoric has been the reason they're losing is fans don't support the team. You know, we're last in last in attendance in the Big 12. We'll be last in attendance when the SEC, blah, 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 blah. Dude, you were there That's last true. night. Yeah, well, la- we're last in the attendance of the SEC. If we uh, were in the SEC today, we'd be the last in attendance. Okay. In basketball. So – you you've been there three times prior. 
correct me if I'm wrong. I've been to a lot of big games. I've been to games when Trey Young was there. I've been to games when Blake Griffin was there, Buddy Heald, uh, Hollis Price. Dude, I go back to Skeeter Henry. I saw a game where the Skeeter meter was in. You, you probably might not get that reference, but a lot of old OU fans will. So I've been to some OU games. Um, and the LNC can be rocking. Yesterday had that potential. It had that potential. I thought the fan ba- I thought the fan base showed up. This it's a 6 p.m. game. It's hard to get to at this time of night. I thought the fan base was there. What were your thoughts on that starting there? No, yeah. It was definitely the loudest that I've been there out of the four yeah. times I've been there. It was certainly yeah, the loudest. So- there was a lot of energy. Fans were hyped up. I think Rodney Terry's horns down comment the week before where they had your fans yes. turned up to throw them, throw them down. And yeah, everybody showed up except the team, unfortunately. Especially well, the okay, so, so that's my point. You asked what went wrong. Well, let's start with that. Everybody showed up except the team. It, it was like they came out so flat. And, and Texas came out with their hair on fire, right? They're like, man, we're defending our coach for what said happened with the horns down. We're, they realized they were playing Oklahoma and Norman. I mean, they, they were, it was a very defensively intense game from the University of Texas from the, from the tip. However, I will say this, Oklahoma played terrible the first seven minutes of the game, and yet somehow through the athleticism of Jalen Moore, through what I thought was some good hustle by Hughley, um, some turnovers that were being created by our guards. Dude, we had the lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. And, and here was my, here was my like analysis of the, of the first half was, well, crap, maybe Oklahoma is so good or Texas is not so good that OU can play like crap and still be in the lead. Like that was what went through my mind is like, oh my gosh, we've survived it. Well, then we go into the second half, and it kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. And it was a, there was some energy there. It was a good game, cheering up and down calls. Um, Kevin, we just y'all hit y'all started hitting threes, and we had absolutely no answer. At the end of the day, basketball comes down to shooting and making shots. Y'all made shots, we did not. Um, y'all contested shots, we gave up open threes. Y'all moved the ball and had a, a very flowing offense we were very stagnant it was iso ball and none of that leads to a very good just real quick on stats y'all shot 50 percent from the field that's okay but you were 44 percent from the three-point line no, 15 from 18 from the free throw line you out rebounded us 40 to 24 you lost the turnover battle but not by a lot 39 admis admis was making threes all over the place man and when you and when the yeah, three ball's going man. so it just sucked. I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna finish my soliloquy, and then you can talk about what went right for you guys. But it just sucked. It sucked to have three after three go in and have no answer till finally you get to a point. I mean, once it got to like nine and eleven points, it's like okay, well, this game's. I mean, it was. I never felt like Oklahoma was gonna make a run, and it was just frustrating. And you're left with, and here's the problem for Oklahoma. And then we'll talk about Texas. The problem for Oklahoma is. And you know me, I'm an optimistic Oklahoma fan, okay? But I've seen this now with OU basketball for the last five years, okay? Not just the last year, not just the last two years with Porter, but going back to Lon Kruger, where we have what is a very good non-conference schedule. We get into conference, and dude, we, we come up short 
and we come up short of making the uh, making the tournament. And listen, wherever Oklahoma ranks, I actually think Oklahoma historically is a very good program. But dude, at the minimum, we should be in the we should be in the tournament every year. Like just minimum, top sixty eight teams. We should be in the tournament, and we haven't been the last three years. And it's not good, dude. It's not good. It's not positive. And I am worried about where Oklahoma is going to go. Maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment. Maybe I'm reliving the fact that Texas just beat us in, in the LNC. I, dude, I don't know, dude. This this is like the song has been sung before, and it doesn't have a happy ending. Okay, let's let's flip this on its head. This is the Boomer Bebo podcast. What went right for Texas? What does this do for you guys as the season progresses? Well, you know, it's interesting, right? Because Texas had that two-game losing streak. They lose on the road to West Virginia, which was eye-opening. And then you follow that up by losing at home to Central Florida where you blow a 15-point lead in the second half, right? Which led to the, you know, Rodney Terry mentioning the horns down deal in his press conference, which nobody liked, especially Texas fans. I mean, everybody's making fun of us, but we hated that more than anybody, more than so. You know, you just wonder, where is this team going to go from here? And then we have four straight games against ranked opponents, starting with Baylor. So they somehow they beat Baylor on Saturday. And I think that gave them a lot of energy and momentum coming into this game. But still, you know, I wasn't sure, given the fact that they had lost to West Virginia on the road. West Virginia is not a good basketball team this year. I was concerned, you know, going into that and who the crowd would be into it. But, man, I was I was really pleasantly surprised by their effort. I mean, they, like you said, they came out with so much energy, especially defensively. Uh, Dylan Mitchell's all over the court. Guy's just a freakish athlete. Is that tw- he's uh, a guy, is that 23? 23, yeah. Dude, know, he's he was- a five-star kid. We thought he was going to be a one-and-done, but he decided to stay, and I'm glad he did because, man, he's so freakishly athletic. I mean, you saw a couple of those blocks he had. There was one in the first half. He's just – I mean, he like he was 40, at least 40 inches up, blocking the shot that he wasn't even in the play. I don't even know how he got there. So I thought the defensive energy was great from the jump, um, the ball movement. It was a little sloppy, right? They were attempting to move the ball, but, you know, they didn't see some of your guards. Your guards are quick. I think it took them a little bit to adjust to how quick your guards were defensively. But once they did that, the ball movement was great. A. Smith was really good, and that guy is just a lethal scorer. You know, he's a transfer from Oral Roberts, put up, I think, 26 a game for them last year. Coming into Texas, though, people were wondering, can he do this in the Big 12, right? I think he's showing so far that, yeah, it's no problem, right? He has so many ways he can score. He can hit the three. He can drive. He's got some turnaround stuff, so – Having him and then Dylan DeSue was getting more and more healthy. You know, he's had injuries over the last couple of years. He had that foot injury. He had surgery on in the offseason. He's getting better and better. So I think with those two guys leading the scoring and then the other guys with the hustle plays, it was a good performance, man. So I think, you know, things look on the up and up. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament right now. They're still looked at as a out of the tournament per ESPN. But if they can keep stringing together performances like this, I think they can get in. So, okay. Um, first of all, yes, you talk about hustle plays. Your boy Weaver, I don't have his first name in front of me. Yeah, Kendall. Or Kendall, Kendall that's, not, not that's spelled funny, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Um, he's, he's a guy that I could hate. He's a guy that, as an Oklahoma fan, because he was coming up 
with rebounds and hustle plays and getting to the basket. And it was driving me nuts. It was making me so mad. It now was he one of your best? Well, I mean, he had 11 points. He was your third best score, but you know, you look at Admis and Disu and some of those, and the 34 guy we were talking about, you know, those guys are the ones that are going to get the headlines, but the Weaver kid was making these hustle plays that just kept plays alive. And as a opposing fan, I, I, I absolutely hated it. I absolutely yeah. hated it. And on top of that, the dude's goofy looking. It just is. That's you know yeah, I talk about goofy looking. I talk about goofy looking people on this podcast. I'm not discriminating here. The dude's goofy looking. And yet at the same time, he's making hustle plays that are just pissing me off. And so he's he's on the list. He's on the list of Texas players I can't stand. First time I ever saw him play, and I don't like him. I'm just I don't like him. You know, it's interesting. They've got so many new guys. The transfer portal is just insane when it comes to basketball. It seems like every year the team is just completely different, right? Texas has some holdovers. Tyrese Hunter was there last year, and so was um, Dylan Mitchell. But A. Smith and D.C. was there also. But you got the Weaver kid wasn't there. A. Smith wasn't there. The um, kid who got fouled hard and you know, landed on his back, uh, Shedrick, uh, the uh, transfer yeah. from Virginia. So just a lot of new guys. So I think the team is still gelling, too. So, hey, man, it's a great win. Anytime you can pick up a win on the road in the Big 12, especially against your main rival, it was great, and I was happy to be there. Um, You talked about – you mentioned – we can't not talk about this on the podcast. You mentioned Rodney Terry and the horns down. Um, um, What was his his motivation for doing that? You know, I I don't know if he was caught up in the moment. That's what what I think. Because it, it doesn't seem like something, you know, I think he was frustrated and maybe just seeing them do that, you know, right and it's kind of near him, just got to him. That's the only thing I could think of. And he's frustrated because the team was just blown up. It was at least a 15-point lead, might have even been an 18-point lead in the second half. So I think everybody was like, bro, what are you talking about? Listen, when you lose, teams are going to celebrate how they want to, right? And that's just how teams do against Texas. So. I mean, you know, if you want teams to not do it, you win, right? I didn't see any OU players doing it last night. I didn't see any Baylor's player, any of Baylor's players doing it on Saturday. He listen, it I, I felt like he felt the pressure of the loss, was trying to redirect the conversation. Knows he he strikes me as a coach that you, you know, let's face it, right? He should be an assistant on this team right now. Yeah. He should be an assistant. Chris Beard should still be the coach for all intents and purposes. He he got fired because not for basketball-related reasons. Yeah, he got fired for personal reasons. Rodney Terry took that and ran with it, got called to the Elite Eight, yes, um, maintained a good recruiting class, and really earned the job, I think, I feel like. Um, but there's still got to be that second best in the back of your mind. Like, is – is imposter syndrome setting in? Do I really deserve this? Was I really their first choice? Did I get the job out of, uh, you know, reluctance? You know, whatever the case may be. And I, I felt like he was feeling those after those two losses and just really didn't handle it very well. You know, he um, – now, that being said, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. So maybe that's that thing doesn't exist. But um, he just didn't handle that. and And it really – but in some ways, here's the thing about sports, though. Sometimes it's stupid stuff that can galvanize a team. Yeah, that can rally you together. Yeah, sometimes, bizarre, it's, it sometimes it's a player 
who respects his coach and loves his coach and knows he said something stupid. But also there's something human inside us that go, you know what? I could have just as easily said something stupid, right? So I'm going to I'm gonna fight for this guy. Like my boy doesn't need to be getting picked on like this. And I feel like that's how Texas is reacting to, to a player over the last two games. Like they're going to go out and play for him despite the stupidity with which those comments were delivered. I think in some ways it's worked to galvanize the team a little bit. I think it has. I mean, you go out and you beat a top 10 Baylor at home. And then you go to the, on the road and be number 11 ranked Oklahoma, who's like really, you guys have looked really good this year, right? Despite yeah, well, a couple of losses. But, um, you know, up to this point, I thought that Oklahoma has been the better team between the two going into the um, game yesterday. It was interesting. I've got a buddy that um, is the Eeyore of my um, OU fan friends. That has a, a very unique way of looking at the negative, just about of anything. I mean, we can win a game and he can send me a text message that just makes me feel horrible. Do you have any friends like that that are just. Oh, yeah. They just want to talk about everything that went wrong. Yeah. Everything that went wrong. Even and, after and, a big win, you know, we beat Alabama and they're like, oh, well, this and this and this might do. We just beat. Yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Who so, now, but of course, after a loss like this, it, it rings very true. So I'm reading this. This guy knows who, who he is. Uh, uh, and he says, we are better than last year, but are we really that much better? Our non-conference wins aren't special. Arkansas, USC, Iowa, Providence, none of which are going to be in the tournament. The only tournament team we've played outside of that was North Carolina. We don't really have a win against a tournament team except for maybe Iowa State. Are we that good? So I asked you, Kevin, as an Oklahoma, as a Texas fan, when you look at Oklahoma, you just said, hey, we're a really good team. We've looked better than y'all all year. When you hear that, does that give you pause and say, oh, well, is, is Oklahoma that good? It's a good point. I mean, all his points are valid, right? But I still like your guards. I think you had a rough shooting night. We did. Right? God bless. We did. And you know what? Up until um, that point, we were second in the Big 12 in, shoot, in three-point shooting percentage. You wouldn't have known it yeah. last night. Yeah. You just had, I think you just had an off night, I think. I really like the Jalen Moore kid. He's freakishly athletic. Man, he's a good player. There. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and it looked like Coach was still, you know, struggling to find the right lineups yesterday to kind of match up. Did you see how I many – did you, did you notice how how, um, how often he was substituting, especially yeah. in the last 12 minutes? He was trying to find anybody to give him – give a jump to it, to make a play – to spell a guy and say, go play hard for two minutes. Like, yeah. he, I won't say he seemed lost. I don't think Mosier seemed lost. I think he just knew he could sense the team was reeling and was trying to find some combination of dudes that maybe could make a run. And they just weren't there last night. Where, where is Sooner fan at on Mosier overall? Uh, here's the deal. I've met the guy one time in person. Okay. It was at a golf, uh, a, a collective, a basketball collective golf event. So this is my the extent of my experience, and I came away from that five minute interaction thinking, man, I love this guy. Like I, he was personable, he was down to earth, he was real, um, he was just like everything that you want from a coach. You know, you get the feeling that he's intense. You know, all the things. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't make the tournament this year, he's got to go. You know, I mean, for it, me, it, that's a that's a line in the sand. 
three years of not making the tournament at the University of Oklahoma. I don't care. I don't care if we're playing in the in the in the in, a, in the NBA's Western Conference and we're going up against the Spurs. I mean, not the and the you know going up against. Well, I'm trying to be funny here, but you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, the Nuggets and the Thunder and the Timberwolves. I don't care. You still have to make the the tournament. Like you make the tournament. What are we doing? Three yeah. years not making the tournament. You got to go. And I love the guy. I'm rooting for him. I want him to win. I, but God bless, make the tournament. Yeah, you know it's kind of like Texas with Shaka Smart, right? I think everybody really, really likes him. Players loved him. Great guy in the community. But you know he, he made the tournament, but he never won a tournament game. You know, his whole time, four years there at Texas, never won a tournament game. Where's he at now? Marquette and doing great. Did he make the tournament? He made the tournament with, didn't he grow his hair out? Yeah, he grew his hair back out. Did he should have uh-huh. grown his hair out at Texas, man. His hair out. Yeah, man. Might have been that's, a deal that. Oh, that's on him. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know. if I, we, we might circle back on this game. I don't know if I can handle it anymore. Uh, today is Wednesday, January 24th, if you're listening to this later on. So for Kevin and I, this is pretty breaking news within the last couple, three hours. Jim Harbaugh is out at Michigan and accepting the job with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Kevin, is there anybody else to look at for this Michigan job besides Sharon Moore? Is there anybody else? Should we even be talking about it? You know, I think you have to think about it if you're Michigan who – but, I mean, it's not like they didn't know that Jim Harbaugh's been out interviewing, right? He interviewed with the Chargers. He also interviewed with the Falcons. So it's like they've had time to prepare for this. He seems like the most logical choice, right? Everybody seems to like him. He's been the head coach for, what, three? Or is it six games this year? Six games. Six games. You know, I think Mike Hart might have coached one game for some reason. Okay. But um, you remember Mike Hart, the running back from around 2004? Yeah. Um, now he's a running back, running back's coach. But, yeah, no, it seems like the most logical fit. I mean, he did a good job with those games. I mean, and it's not like he was coaching against, you know, bad. He's coached against Penn State and Ohio State. Literally, their two toughest opponents of the schedule. Yeah. He was a coach for, you know, so you have to wonder. I don't know what is what he's like as a recruiter and how he will oversee a program. But to have somebody like that already on staff that has handled – the entire thing on a game day, making those kind of decisions, it's a great asset to have. So hopefully he gets that opportunity. Well, I, here's the other here's the other issue that Michigan administration has to consider, which you know wasn't the case five years ago, is um, if they don't immediately announce Sharon Moore, then they run the risk of losing a significant number of their players in the transfer portal. Right? Correct. We saw what happened with Alabama. Now. Um, this group of Michigan players is probably not as highly touted as the as the Alabama players that were, but you still got some pretty good players there. Yeah, and these guys are developed, though, you know, because you can't look at their recruiting rankings. You've got to look at their production, how they've produced yeah. since they've been in college. So 100%, those guys but, will be in high demand. A lot of them will be. But so, you know, if 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 you're sitting there as, as the administration or the athletic director for Michigan and you're saying, well, Everybody likes Sharon Moore, but dude, we've talked about, we talked about this with Marcus Freeman at um, Notre Dame. Everybody likes that guy, right? We're all, everybody likes the, the interim coach. Everybody likes how he does things. They know what to expect. It's, it's safe. It's easy, but you're, you're a blue blood. You've just won a national championship. Do you want to go safe? Do you want to do that? 
And now you've got to, so in addition to all those kind of questions, you've got to worry about the portal. Whereas what you'd like to do is go, wait, wait, let's, have, let's take a step back. Let's wait a week. Let's wait two weeks. Nothing's going to change between now and spring ball. Well, actually, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, it could, exactly. the, minute, the minute Harbaugh's resignation is in, the clock starts ticking on the portal. Yeah, and, and players get 30 days. You get 30 days uh, well, and to we, enter and, the portal. And we've seen it in Alabama. We saw it at Washington where, in addition to, like, maybe they're happy. Maybe they're happy at Michigan. Maybe they don't really want to leave Michigan. Maybe as long as Sharon Moore gets it or anybody else gets it. But, dude, why not declare for the portal and go, oh, what what does Oklahoma offer me, Texas offer me, Nebraska, right. you know, whoever, insert school here. If I can go get an NIL deal while the coach is not here and I can double my income, I mean, it's a fascinating factor now. And where you look, because, like, think about who the names would be. Lance Leopold at, at Kansas. I mean, I can see that yeah. guy coaching a Kansas team, Correct. couldn't you? I mean, Absolutely. coaching a Michigan team. I do, I do. What about Matt Rule? What about Matt Rule in Nebraska? 100%. You can see he looks like a Michigan dude. Um, he, absolutely. What about Brian you know, Kelly? You know, I don't know if you would leave LSU to go to Michigan. I don't think you leave LSU, do you? But would you call him? Well, that's my point, right? So, you, you, but are your hands tied by the portal or? Right, you want to lose a whole half the roster. But by winning a national championship this year, do you say, hey, you know what? If it takes us a year, whatever, we got to go get the right guy and we can't right, freak yeah. out about the portal. Right. I don't know. A lot of things to weigh. I yeah. kind of think Sharon Moore will be today's Wednesday. I bet he's named the coach by Friday. Yeah. And I think, look, if you're an AD, that's why you get paid so much because you have to make these type of decisions. Well, it is fast. It, 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 it speaks to why you're going to see more and more coaches, and you already have, when they go to fire. They don't wait till the end of the year. They fire no. mid. They fire mid. So that portal yeah. doesn't affect them, right? You know right. that. The, oh no, no, no! We're firing you in week eight because yeah. This way, the portal isn't really. You're going to keep playing because you don't want to sit out half the season. After the season, then you guys can decide if you want to leave or not. Yeah, um, man, it's a fascinating deal because um, it's it's a good job, right? It's not the best job. But it's still a really good job. They have incredible history. They're coming off just the won a national championship. championship. They just Correct. won a national they championship. Got some really, really good players there. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough ask if you're the AD, right? To say, are we going to stick with the guy that we know that we're comfortable with here, who we think can do a good job, or do we want to step out and really, really evaluate this? But again, the good thing is this is not out of left field, right? We knew Correct. everyone knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming, so clearly they knew, and they've been doing their homework already. They probably already had a plan in place. Do you do you get that? Do you get the sense that there there could potentially even be some relief within the Michigan administration that they that Harbaugh got them their national championship, everything that they went through was worth it. But now it's like, hey, thanks, man. You enjoy the NFL. Maybe do you so. get that, Maybe. or do you I've think heard, I've heard that Harbaugh can wear on people his personality? Yeah, it can wear on you after a while. So maybe so. As long as you got the natty, everything everything's good now. Go ahead, do what you got to do, man. I know everything's good, but the Connor Stallions and the scene and the signal stealing and all that stuff—it's just things that ads don't want to mess with, you know. Right. And university presidents don't want to hear about, and it's just stupid. Yeah, and I mean, when's the last time you saw a head coach spend it for six games and end season for two different situations? Right, the right. the the, the 
the, what was the first? I, you know, you forget about the first thing. violation. I think. And how is that even possible that there's recruiting violations anymore? Like, what 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 rule did you break? Because my yeah, God, correct. you get away with everything. Yeah, it must not be an NIL or money thing. It must have been okay. something else. Probably uh, real, visits. Real quick, let's stay, let's stay in the NFL um, while we're on Harbaugh, and then we'll go to take a look at these conference championship games. Um, does he do good at at the Chargers? Uh, who's the quarterback? Yeah, I think he the, does. The Justin Herbert. Yeah, out of Oregon. I, yeah, I mean he's got a seventy-one percent winning percentage in the NFL. Right, been to multiple conference championship games and a Super Bowl. You know, and he's shown that he can coach with different types of quarterbacks. Right, he had Alex Smith. He also had Colin Kaepernick, and he did really good with both of them. So I think with the uh, and you Justin would think Herbert, Her- Herbert's better than both of those guys were. So correct, yeah, he's a he's a dynamic talent. So and he's had some really good moments, and he's had some bad moments. I thought Brandon Staley, the last coach, did didn't do him any favors with some of his in game decisions. Some of the times he would go for it on fourth down. Honestly, I felt like they should have made a coaching change two years ago, and they stuck with him and stuck with him, and they were just getting the same kind of mediocre results, despite them having a pretty talented roster. Um, the, they're in the AFC West, correct? So they've got to go up against the they got to go against the Chiefs every year, but the Broncos are down, and the Raiders is that the other Here's two? Here's the thing, though, none of those teams are horrible. I think the Raiders were better than we thought, and the Broncos were kind of a you know pretty close to being able to make the playoffs this year. So while the Chiefs are obviously your main competition, it's a very competitive division, top to bottom. But yeah. one I think is there for the take at least. You can make the playoffs in that division. Yes, you can be a second place team in that division and still get in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of the conference championships and making the playoffs, Baker Mayfield uh, came up short against Detroit. Um, does he get a long term contract, or at least a, when I say a, how, does he get a significant contract now with Tampa Bay? You know, or. Does you do you see him playing somewhere else uh, next year? No, I, I think it's uh, mutually beneficial for him to stay there. I, I thought he did a good job for them. Um, their roster isn't great. Yeah, they need a running game. Dude. About them. Oh, they need a running game yeah, so bad. So I thought he did a pretty good job for them. No one expected them to make the final. I certainly didn't expect them, especially to win a playoff game. Like going into it, we picked them against Philadelphia because they had fallen apart. But still, you didn't expect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be playing in the divisional round of the playoffs. So I thought he had a good season. I think he's shown that he can still be a starting quarterback in the NFL because I think we all had questions. I know I certainly had questions if he was still going to be a starting quarterback. I think we both agreed that this was his last chance to show that he could be one. And I think he's shown that. So, yeah, I think he'll get a contract. I don't know if it's going to be a one-year, two-year deal. It's going to be a long-term one or what. but. He, I think he should be there. Is it the official position of the Boomer Bevo podcast that we are now rooting for the Detroit Lions? Yes. Yes. I think honest, so, too. Um, yeah. I wish Dan Campbell was not an A&M Aggie. That is the only chink in, uh, in his character. But other than that, I, dude, listen, I like the team. He didn't act I like, like golf. Them, though. No, he doesn't, dude. He takes responsibility. He's not a baby. 
Um, I just like what they're about. I, you know, I think about, so who do you have, who does Texas have left on rosters that you might be potentially pulling for? Oh man. Um, I mean, Justin Tucker plays, you know, for Baltimore. A kicker. You just named a kicker. kicker. How's that feel? I just, I just, I backed you into naming a kicker. Everybody it take really, note. Well, it would no, be no, okay. that's fine. I'm just saying you named a kicker. The best kicker. Can you agree that you named a kicker? Can you agree yeah. that you named a kicker? Yes, that's all I'm kick- asking you. Yeah. Don't, hey, the best don't get kicker defensive. In the history of the NFL. I'm not defensive. Kevin, I'm don't the get defensive. Kicker in the history of the NFL. Kevin, don't get defensive Listen, about naming a kicker. I understand your emotional. The first name that came to your mind. People that come to my mind: Pete Humphreys, Blake Bell. These are normal positions. You named a kicker. Just acknowledge it, Kevin. Why are you? Don't fight against First yourself. All, if you're going to name one of your players, at least get his name right. I said Creed Humphreys. Yes, his name was Creed Humphrey. Oh, is it really? Yes. Well, that's messed up. Come on, Creed, man. get your name fixed. Get your name fixed. Get his name Great fixed. center. Great center. Um, okay, here's my point. Is Sooners and Longhorns notwithstanding, we're, we're going with the Detroit Lions. So to get to the nuts and bolts of it, can they actually beat San Francisco in San Francisco? Absolutely, they can. Yes. Yes. Uh, and the reason why is Brock Purdy. You, oh, not sold on Brock. You're not sold on Brock Purdy. I'm not. No, no. Look, he's done a great job. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. Right. He's, he's a, a good, good quarterback. quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. But in this moment like this, no, I'm not going to say I fully believe in Brock Purdy to go out and win the NFC championship game, especially if the weather's bad. I do not like what I saw from him against Green Bay last week. I'm not even sure how San Francisco won that game. I mean, oh, Jordan yeah, Love and the session at the end was horrible, but yeah, yeah, I thought Green Bay was a better team. Um, hey, dude, here's the deal. Jared Goff's more experienced quarterback, obviously not just because it's Brock Purdy, but I mean, the kid's been to a Super Bowl. Um, he's he's played against the 49ers before, so he's going to be familiar with that stadium. That's not going to be some awe-inspiring thing for him. Jared Goff strikes me as the kid who's who the kind of athlete that is kind of oblivious to things. He yeah. almost ignorant. Like it just stuff just doesn't bother him almost because he, he doesn't know that it's supposed to bother him. You know, like he's just, just goes out and throws a football. Like this is where I throw the football. So they tell me to throw it. So I go throw it, you know, but there's something endearing about that. I like David Montgomery. Um, I like, dude, I got to tell you it. Surely the 49ers are going to block Aiden Hutchinson though. Right. Like that's going to happen because the the Buccaneers did not do that. No, no, he he's hard to handle, man. Right, one of the best players to come out of Michigan. They've had some really good ones. He's a really good player. He's really good. He, yeah, he's he's hard to handle. Also, uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back for Detroit, yes. rookie out of Alabama. Him, he's dynamic as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield. So oh, I think they got they got to use him a lot. Is uh, Debo is Debo back healthy? Because he didn't play against the Packers. Correct? I don't know. He did. He played for a, a little bit, and then he had to leave the game. Okay. So I'm not sure what his status is. For they'll need him because you know the more weapons, the better. That's the thing about that offense. You just never know from one play to the next how Kyle Shanahan's going to attack. But he uh, needs all his guys healthy to be effective. At least the, afore- effective. the aforementioned Creed Humphrey. We'll be going up against the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Do you want to see Lamar Jackson get to a Super Bowl? Are you fatigued with the Kansas City Chiefs and T-Swizzle and Patrick Mahomes and the whole thing? Are you done? No, um, I, I don't have the fatigue for them. 
I just I love Lamar Jackson though. I love to see him in the Super Bowl. Been a fan of his since his freshman year at Louisville. Uh, well, dude, I kind of think they, I kind of think they win. I think that they were just. I think they're just a better team. I think uh, Kansas City has has kind of gotten through the last two rounds just on. I don't know, institutional memory of winning, which is important. Like that's a real thing. You know, the bills have an institutional memory of losing, whereas the chiefs have shed that. Um, And so that's not a bad thing. It's just kind of what I think is happening. Whereas I think Baltimore is just out and out a better team, like across the board, offensive line, defensive line, defense. I mean, Mahomes is super good. Maybe Lamar Jackson isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes, but the the line is like really close. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes is typically the best play quarterback on the field, regardless of who he goes up against. And he might be again on Sunday. But Lamar Jackson is a very close number two. I mean, he's going to be the MVP of the league, right? Yeah, I think mean, he's going to be the MVP of the league. It's going to be his second one. Um, you know, I want to see because while he has run the ball this year, he hasn't been had any of those runs where I think he's trying to go 80 yards. And I think they might unleash that this weekend, you know, in this game against Kansas city, I think him running the football is going to be a huge factor. I want to see if these receivers are going to step up and make plays for him. And there is a chance that Mark Andrews, your boy could be bad despite breaking his ankle in week 11. Yeah. Apparently he's been practicing. If, um, if you know tight end is one of those weird positions where, especially down in the in the red zone, it, it it's more about positioning sometimes and just kind of knowing where to put yourself in a in relation to the defender and the and the quarterback. And so I can see that. I don't think he would could go a whole game, you know. But in situational yeah. third and short, you know, third and goal, second and goal, third and goal type short yardage situations. I could see a tight end that's hobbled get out there and make plays. Correct. I mean, and they've got the kid, Isaiah Likely, who's shown to be a pretty capable tight end himself. He has been the one that's been replacing Andrew since he's been injured. If you have the two of them out there together, I mean, that's going to make Which it. Which they love to do. Very Baltimore, lo- Baltimore loves the tight end, dude. They've loved you know, the If you've end. got two good ones, you play two tight ends if you can, right? Okay. Uh, are you pick- So you're picking Baltimore. I'm picking Baltimore. It's so hard for me to pick against Mahomes because he's the best player, right? He's the best player in the NFL. But I just think top to bottom, they're a better team. I have Chiefs fatigue. I'm picking Baltimore. I, I'm. It's it's just the, the nature of like seeing them in the Super Bowl so much. Like the storylines. It's I I get it. Mahomes and and then yeah. I t- Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Which is I don't know that I don't know that I and and it doesn't really even bother me that much. Yeah, you know we've talked about this before with the McConaughey at Texas, and this is happens, and this is fine, and whatever. But Super Bowl level t- Taylor Swift, I don't know, man, if I could handle it. Like I, okay. I don't. Yeah, it hasn't I, bothered me either because I mean they show her three or four times a game is for two seconds. Like it's fine. Everybody's so freaked out about it. I agree, they, but but the Super Bowl would be a whole other. It could be, be another level for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. Uh, before we, uh, who do you got? Talk- you got Baltimore too? Yeah, I got Baltimore. I think. Okay. And, and, and are you picking now in the NFC? Are you picking Detroit? Uh, who's favored? Do you know? I would imagine that San Francisco is. 
Let's check it out. I'll tell would you. Would it be in on, you know, would it be in there? I'll tell you. I got it pulled up here. Draft okay. picks. We're as sponsored by Baltimore's three and a half point favorite. I pick Baltimore. Oh, yeah, dude. You said Baltimore's three and a half? You, okay, yeah. Yeah, listen to this. You're not going to believe this line as confident as you are with Detroit. You want to guess the line? Uh, Four. Seven. Seven. Whoa, seven. San Francisco. Yeah, I, I just think I'm they can win. All... I said they could win. They're, they were going to win. I just said I think they can win. Well, I'm all over the seven point. I'm all over Detroit getting seven. How about that? Winner, you know, I, I'm all yeah. over. That's that's a big line for a conference championship it game. It is a huge line. Um, before we close up, and we're going to talk a little transfer portal for Texas, get back to what this podcast is about, which is college football. I do want to thank our sponsor, Brown O'Haver. Um, Brown O'Haver is a public insurance adjusting firm. They work for the insured, not for the insurance company. So if you've had a loss to your home or business, please make sure and call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. For those that live in the state of Oklahoma, it is incumbent upon me to make sure and give you a public service announcement over a House bill that has been introduced into the Oklahoma legislature. We love all the Oklahoma lawmakers. We respect the democratic process. But one um, lawmaker in particular has issued a potential bill, House Bill 3094, aimed at blocking um, some services that are provided by public adjusters. Uh, All this does, guys, is hinder the consumer's rights and their choices when it comes to handling insurance claims. Um, The rationale for this bill is that the insurance companies have had to pay out too much money. And so we have to have a bill that restricts that. And if you're listening to the irony of that and you're saying to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, it's because it is the dumbest thing you've ever heard. So if you could reach out to your local um, House member or to the chair of the insurance committee, Chris Sneed, Uh, His information is available on the uh, House of Representatives um, website, but you should all know your local representative because believe me, they impact so much stuff. You really need to know who it is. If y'all could shoot them a quick email and say, uh, please vote against 3094 or don't even let it get out of committee. um, it, It just makes sense. There's no reason why insurance companies need to make more money and line their pockets and more importantly, not pay those who are getting their claims. So, as a reminder, vote no to your representative. Vote no on Bill 3094. Kevin, any thoughts on the democratic process in the great state of Oklahoma? Well, not particularly, but this bill is not good for the consumer. So it's important that that it doesn't even reach the floor. Thank you. Kevin, you should run for office. I would vote for you. I would vote for you. I would not sit by you at a basketball game ever again if we're going against the opposite team, but I would vote for you. So there you go. Um, speaking of the additional victories you've had, in addition to the basketball win at Lloyd Noble last night, has been your tremendous run on the transfer portal. Y'all have owned it over the last two weeks. Um, fill us in on the latest on the transfer portal who you feel really, really good about, who will make an instant impact next year in your first year in the SEC. Yeah, you know, we talked about this, right, in the coaching carousel, which causes the transfer portal to really explode. And with Nick Saban retiring, several Alabama players 
have entered the transfer portal, and Texas has benefited from that. First of all, a wide receiver, Isaiah Bond, right? This is a really, really talented player, probably their best receiver last year. He's looking to go to the NFL and, and be a high draft pick, and he feels like Texas can help him with that. He's going to be a big-time starter for us um, in this upcoming year. So we got him. We also got Amari Nyblack, Alabama starting tight end from last year. He's a dynamic athlete, about 230 pounds, six foot five, kind of like Jatavian Sanders, but he actually had more top-end speed. Now, he's not as physical right now as Sanders was. Sanders took a lot of what big year hits is, what year is he? What year is he? Um, he'll be a junior next year. Okay. Uh-huh. But, I mean, he's a really, really talented athlete. I can't wait to see him in our offense with Sark. He can stretch the field. And then also, they picked up a defensive tackle from the University of Arizona. Um, I'm, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Tia Oali Savea. Um, 6'4", 305-pound um, defensive tackle. Now, this guy, he's a good player. Again, he's not Devondre Sweat. He's not Byron Murphy. But he is a guy who I think will come in and play and play a lot for Texas this year. We are still trying to figure out how we're going to replace those two guys. Right? Well, if you you ask me, don't, don't, real quick, no, I just want to add on to that, right? You're trying to replace those two guys, and aren't you still trying to replace the defensive line coach? Yes, we do not have a defensive line coach. Um, Bo Davis um, left to go to LSU. Um, Brian Kelly really wanted him, so much so that he has a son that was playing, I think, at McNeese or a smaller school in Louisiana and basically offered him a scholarship to come to play at LSU so he gets to coach his son. And that was enough to get Bo Davis to leave Texas to go to LSU. Again, it makes total sense because he also played at LSU. So he's going to his alma mater, gets to coach his son, and gets a a nice pay raise on top of that. So certainly understand why he left. After the year he had at Texas, it's deserved. I mean, that dude deserved to get paid. 100%. 100%. Texas was trying to match what they offered, but again, the the whole deal with his son and all that, I understand why he left. So yeah, you know, it seemed they've had a couple names in mind. Um, I heard former Texas player Roderick Wright was he's the assistant defensive line coach for the Houston Texans. It seemed like that was what we heard was a done deal, but it came out yesterday that it was not going to happen. I'm not sure exactly why it didn't happen, but um, but it didn't. So we'll see. I'm sure he's got some people in mind, but yeah, it'd be nice to name that. We already lost one of our um, more talented incoming freshmen. Yeah. After Michael Davis, DeAndre Robinson, he's out of Orlando. And, um, you know, he, towards the end of the recruiting process, near signing day, he was almost kind of wavering. Florida was in his ear, but he did end up signing with Texas. But once Bo Davis left, I think that was kind of the deal he needed to stay home. So he ended up asking out of his letter of intent. Texas did let him out of his letter of intent, and he signed with Florida. So it's very important. Texas feels this. I imagine that they're still looking in the portal, see if there are any good defensive linemen out there. The tough thing about that is defensive tackles usually don't enter the portal, right? Because because if yeah. they're good enough to start, you, they're already starters, right? So we'll see. There'll be another portal after the spring. 
And who knows what will happen with Michigan. Maybe some of their guys into the portal. We'll see where it goes. But, you know, we're still trying to replace the D-line coach. And more importantly than that, to replace these two incredible defensive tackles that we lost last year. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, when you look back, when you when you look back at the season that got you to a your first college football playoff appearance, won you a Big 12 championship. Um, I I don't think you can put it on the arm of Quinn Ewers, right? I think you put it on your defensive line. Nobody ran the ball against you guys. Nobody. Nobody ran the ball against you guys. It was you you literally made every team you play one dimensional. And the only reason Oklahoma beat you guys is because we unleashed, you know, in a I'm putting air quotes around it, but unleashed Dylan Gabriel's legs against you guys. Oh no, you absolutely unleashed his legs against us. I mean, no and that's it, right? Not, yeah. Because we weren't able to run the ball. Just like anybody else, we were not able to run the ball. And so if we wouldn't have taken advantage of that. And so I think when you look back at it, um, you know, I think you're loaded again. But to your point, along that defensive line, dude, so much can hinge on that, you know, and so much everything else on your defensive, you know, backfield and everything kind of comes back to can you get pressure? Can you make your one dimensional? Can you do all the things? Um, yeah. So, now, I, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal this. for you guys, obviously. It's a big deal for I, everybody. I do think defensive line. Absolutely. And that's the one thing about your class, right? You get a guy like David Stone. If you looked at the most of the recruiting services release their final rankings for this class, you know, and I think every one of them has David Stone as a top 10 player in the country. You know, yeah. so you get that guy coming in this year, right? And he looks like a guy who can make an instant impact, right? You've got other guys in the class too, but you have a guy like that at the defensive tackle too. It's the interior lineman. You can find edge guys, right? Texas has edge guys. Texas struggle with getting consistent pressure. I think that'll be better. They got Colin Simmons coming in. They got Trey Moore coming in to the, from the portal out of UTSA at 14 sacks last year. So I think there'll be a better defense overall. Also, they've upgraded the talent and speed in the secondary, right? That's huge. Yep. Yeah, so we, we do need some adequate guys in there. There's nobody that we're going to find is going to be Devondre Sweat. And Byron Murphy is going to be one of the first, from what I'm hearing, maybe one of the first defensive linemen drafted this year. Apparently, NFL scouts are more really... So, more so than Sweat? Is Yes, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, they love his pass rushing ability. Byron Murphy. Was, God, he was a big... De- I mean, he was... He's um, test- he compares... Do you know Brady Jarrett from the Falcons? Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with... That's who he reminds me of. Byron Murphy. Some people I, say Aaron Donald. I, I'm not comparing anybody to Aaron Donald. I've never seen anybody like Aaron Donald before. No. Yeah. That would be. I think we would know. I think we would know that that comparison would be more obvious in season, right? And it would, you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, Byron Murphy was good. He's not Aaron Donald. Like, I mean, no, and nobody is. I mean, he was big. The Big Twelve Defensive Lineman of the Year. Andre Sweat was Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Won the Allen Trophy. But again, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of the Fal- speaking of the Falcons, real quick. Um, what, I've heard a rumor, though, that they, there's a potential that if Belichick goes to the Falcons, that he might try to court Baker. Interesting. Okay, I can see that. How yeah, could, you, see that. I mean, could, you, could you handle B. John Robinson rooting for him and Baker being on the same team? I mean, you know, you root for your guy no matter where they are. So, you know, I root for B. John. I would root no for Baker. Listen. 
here's what Baker needs. He needs a running game. He needs right. a running game. And, and the, the, the Falcons were, if anybody was worse than Sark at the utilization of B. John Robinson, it was the Atlanta Falcons this year. Well, they yeah, were I mean, absolutely god-awful terrible at utilizing. Yeah, I mean, he had 1,400 yards for us. Dude, he should have ran Texas. for 1,800 yards. They didn't I give him the ball, agree. man. But you want to talk about not giving him the ball. You know, and if you look at Atlanta's roster, right, they've got a pretty solid offensive line. They've got a really good tight end. They've got Bijan. They've got Tyler Algiers. So you have two really good running backs. Yep. Like you said, Kyle Pitts, who was even more underutilized than Bijan was somehow. They've got Drake London, big six foot five receiver. So the weapons are there. You just got to get somebody to get the ball to them. And I don't yeah, think Desmond t- Ritter is that guy. The root. Yeah, no. The rumor is uh, Belichick, and Belichick. I guess Belichick wanted to try to get him to the to the um, Patriots. I think for Baker that worked out that he didn't go. You wouldn't have wanted to be in that division, um, and the no. Patriots weren't any good. But I think if you could stay in the division and add that running game, I don't know what they are like are on defense. But anyway, I digress. Um, I would like to give great news about the Oklahoma transfer portal and how many players we've added. But the reality is, is it's kind of it's kind of stemmed up. Uh, what I heard today, uh, I was on the radio with Travis Travis Davidson from the ref, and he made it a point to say right now Oklahoma is five over their scholarship limit. Okay, it's got to get rid of some guys. So we've got to. He, he used the term "cycle out," right? We have to cycle yeah, out five process, guys. That. Process, yeah, but before season starts, so that makes your flexibility, you know, and your and you're, it, it, it makes sense why we haven't been more active in the portal, right? Because we've already got yeah. it. Because for every person we add, that's just another person we're going to have to, we're going to have to cycle out. And you don't really want to make that a normal thing where you're processing out or cycling out players. That That's not, I don't think, the culture look he's trying to achieve at Oklahoma. I agree. But man, I don't know. You know, sometimes you have to do what you, what you, what you got to do, man. If you got a guy uh, who's been there a couple of years, that's never seen the field, you know, you may encourage him to try to go find playing time elsewhere. Can you um can you can you just migrate him from a scholarship to a preferred walk-on? I don't think so. Now, that they would be like worse. Your- I'd rather get kicked off and sent some I'd rather go to another school than that. Uh, yeah, but you no, but not if you keep your NIL money. I mean, that's how we're that's getting in state that's how we're getting in state talent now, right? Is so we get in-state talent and we say, okay, you're, you're, you get to stay as a preferred, you're coming in as a preferred walk-on, but you're on, um, but you're in-state re- tuition. So you don't, you know, you don't have to pay out of state. And oh, by the way, your NIL will cover it completely. So you're staying on scholarship plus That's whatever true. extra you make. And my point is, is that a possible way to play the numbers game? Probably, probably. Yeah. I don't know. You get the hey, collection. You got to do until it. they make rules, until they make rules that you can't do that. Again, ergo, and this gives us full circle back to Jim Harbaugh. How in the hell did he get suspended for their games for recruiting violations? What can you possibly not do right now? I think it was. I, I don't even know. Like Kevin, having, what can you not do? Texas gives guys Lamborghinis. Like, what can you not do that gets you in trouble? Yeah, I don't think you know. Tampering. The only thing I, I can think of is trying to a Lambo. But yeah, and maybe you know, I think. It's something with visits, right? You can only visit so many times. I think it was or having contact with recruits when during dead periods. I think it was things like that. 
All right. Well, I'm just saying whatever. Uh, Kevin, I, I can't, uh, I can't talk to you anymore because all I want, all I see is you jumping up and down like a crazy person at the game last night. And uh, I'm going to need some space. I'm going to need some space. That's fine, man. I'm going to need some space. I'm going to need some time. I'm going to need to process. Uh, I think we play you again in like three weeks down in, uh, I don't even know the name of your new place. What's the name of the new, Uh, the the uh, movie center. The Moody Center. We'll play in the Moody Center. Maybe we'll get our revenge. I um, Oklahoma needs to bounce back, though. It, I feel like you have bounced back, and y'all are in kind of that. You know, got the good mo going. Oklahoma needs to bounce back. Like we got a game again. But dude, freaking Texas Tech is ranked. So now we got to host Texas Tech and hope we get a win there. It's going to be the Big Twelve is a gauntlet, it's but a gauntlet, it has to be yeah, a gauntlet, I mean. which makes the home loss even worse. Right. It makes the home loss even more. It's one thing to lose to Texas, but to lose at home, you have to then now steal one on the road, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's what was so hard about Texas. When you lose, you can't lose to West Virginia and beat and um and uh, Central Florida. You can't lose those games when you have to play the likes of Oklahoma, and then when we had Baylor, Kansas, and Oklahoma, and, Houston, and Baylor, yeah, and, and we BYU, have BYU, and, Texas, and Iowa State. Then after yeah. BYU, we have Houston. So. Yeah, it's getting easier from here. It's a gauntlet. Kevin, have a great night. Boomer. Welcome.